Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, and welcome to the End in Mind podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin, the owner of Meraki Media Management. The End in Mind is a place where we come to share stories, tips, and strategies of many entrepreneurs, creatives, business owners, and just some people that aren't willing to live the traditional lifestyle. We talk about how to live outside of the box today and how to incorporate what really is important in your life to keep that end goal always in mind. Again, if you would like to reach out to me in any type of way, you can find me on Instagram at Meraki underscore media underscore management. And I hope to hear from you all soon. Thanks so much and enjoy our show. Hey everybody, welcome back to The End in Mind. I am your host, Caitlin, and I'm really excited to welcome our guest, Danielle, today. Thanks so much for being here, Danielle. Thank you for having me here. (laughs) Oh, we're so excited. I'm excited to dive into some imposter syndrome and other topics that you and I discussed prior, but if you want to share with our listeners a little bit more about yourself and what you do just to start off, that would be fantastic. All right. So, hey, y'all, I'm Danielle Branch Brown. I am the owner and founder of Branches of Life Therapy and Branches of Life Wellness. So uh, we have a couple of different things that we do. We do therapy services, right? So we uh, see couples mostly in our practice doing work around, um, you know, alignment, connection, uh, working with folks uh, who are trying to open their relationship uh, from monogamy to um, ethically non-monogamous. So um, <clears throat> we do a lot of stuff specifically with couples. We also um, have like teen programming and such things. And then in our wellness center, we do a lot of like self-care programming, right? So we have a self-care academy where we uh, do a bunch of like wellness classes, crafting, movement therapy and all that. But we can talk about that a little later. But yes, that's Love me. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you so much. And we are so grateful. We know that you are busy over there. So thank you for fitting us in. And we're so excited to have you and hear more about 
even honestly, the relationship work too, that's really interesting. Can you tell us a little bit more about that before we hop on to like imposter syndrome and, you know, a little bit more, because I find with relationships, honestly, this has been coming up a lot with my clients, even with myself, it's hard being an entrepreneur and maybe being a solo entrepreneur in the relationship where your significant other might be in corporate and sometimes they don't always understand like what we do. Do you see that happen in your practice as well? Absolutely. I mean, when you put any two people together, right, or group of people together, you have a bunch of different worlds colliding. Like that's just the truth. That's the reality of the situation, right? Each of us individually we're our own world, right? With our own perspectives and experiences and beliefs and like structures that we see the world through and like all of these different things, right? Um, Expectations and, right? So we, when we attempt relationship, period, whether that be friendship or, you know, parent-child relationship, whatever, we're colliding, right? We are merging, Um, And so there is a lot of work that happens around uh, how to accept difference and not judge it, right? How to hear to, to, or listen to hear, right? Instead of listening to respond, right? There's a lot of, uh, I think, unlearning that is done in couples work um, of some of the expectations that we have of the idea of like the one, And so there's a lot of work that that winds up being done around like the performative nature of what that means for us. Right. Like if I'm trying to be your one, what does that mean for me? Like what what do I wind up losing in myself? Right. In order to be that for you. So anyway, just lots of uh, work around perfectionism, unrealistic expectations um, and, and really, I think, seeing your people versus like expecting them to fit into some sort of mold or whatever. Wow. It's so beautiful to hear you say that because (laughs) thinking in my own relationship, you know, I'm like, do this. I need this, you know, like this is exactly what I need. Why can't you do it? Mm -hmm, And he's like, mm -hmm. I don't even know what you're talking about. about, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is normal. That's normal. Right. Because again, we're, no matter how, no matter how hard we, we, I guess, truck along towards the oneness um, ideal, there's always going to be difference. Yeah. There's always going to be difference. And so respecting that is very important. Yeah. And holding the space for that too. Yep. Like, in my relationship, it was like, oh, okay, you know, like this is new for him. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I need to like give him a break. And like, it's so funny. It might be around the smallest thing, you know, mm-hmm. like having dinner together mm-hmm. or the way we grew up was very different, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it was like, what does this new life look like? And then also at the same time, like I'm 27. So realizing like, oh, I don't have to live by these rules Bro, anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> You create your, you wind up, you get to a space where you realize you can create your own. And it's, it is honestly kind of disorienting. At least that's what I found because it's like, oh, wait a minute. Cause once you want, like, I think the reason a lot of times that we cling to rules, right. And norms and things like that is because we can fit, like we can try to fit. It can be, it can feel stabilizing. Right. Um, but 
if it's stabilizing in one way, it can also be misaligned in another, like it could be something that's not actually like our truth and our desire for our lives. And so a lot of times we have this choice or not like, even if it's a subconscious choice, we have this choice to stay in homeostasis, which is to live by whatever the boxes are that are put on us, right? And or at least try to, right? And and in there will be imposter syndrome and unrealistic expectations and all these other kind of things, right? Perfectionism, performance, and things like that. Or, right, you choose alignment and you choose to be like, you know what? I think I'm gonna look back and decide of the stuff that I've been given, what I want to leave where it where I got it from, right? And what I want to take with me. And then what new stuff do I want to create? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how freeing, like, I love how you said, I definitely had like an identity crisis, you know, I'm like, it. who am I? Like, <laughs> what am I doing? You know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was scary too, because scary. like mm-hmm. all of the fixations that I put on myself forever, mm-hmm. like you're looking back at like the high school, you l- younger, the six-year-old mm-hmm. you, I'm like mm-hmm. this poor thing, you know, mm-hmm. like it was really intense for me emotionally mm-hmm. as well to like really step back. And I yeah. call it like my naked mole rat moment <laughs> where I'm, I love you know, stripped down and I'm like, here I am. It's just me. And I'm just being me. And this is scary that all of this happens in society and it's so normalized too, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, in many ways, we, if you think about and respect and honor the way the brain is set up, right? Like the brain is made for survival, right? And a part of survival, right? A part of the need of survival is to fit, to belong. Right. And so really, it is an act of rebellion to mm-hmm. say, I would rather belong within me than belong in any of these other spaces that, that if they are misaligned with the belonging that's within me. Um, it really is an act of rebellion because like our brains will tell us over and over again, no, you need to fit. You need to belong. You need to, you know what I mean? Like, you need to show up like this because that is what our brains tell us over and over again is the way to get our needs met, right? Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's an active like choice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a difficult one to make at times, for like, sure. even for me, you know, like when we talk about relationships, like my boyfriend and I, we were out the other day and like got into a little mini mishap, you know, at mm-hmm. the restaurant and immediately, like, I'm external, looking at everybody, possibly looking at us. And mm-hmm. then I'm, like, yelling at him in the car, telling him that everybody can feel our energy. Mm-hmm. And he's, like, so in his own world. He's, like, mm-hmm. who cares? Like, he's, like, mm-hmm. we're never going to see these people again. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the big deal? Mm-hmm. And that's what I respect so much about him, which I never had, you know, uh-huh. of this, like, who cares what anybody thinks? He's, like, Kayla, no one knows us. Mm-hmm. Like, no one knows you. Like, where where is this coming from? Mm -hmm. And um, that's been one of the biggest shifts for me is, like, it's not even about them. It's about us, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and I love that for him, right? And we can get into the gendered nature of some of that, right? Where I think there is more permission given to men in our society to, like, not 
give it to I really do think some of that is like our is like our learned behavior, right? There's more permission given, but but it can be learned. It can be learned yeah. to sort of detach. That's the detachment work, right? To yeah. detach from what other people view. And I think a lot of times people view the decision to detach and like be in your own world as like a selfish one. Like we we yes. really do. I think as a like on a holistic level or maybe on a systemic level, I would say on a systemic level, maybe we co- like collectively judge folks who don't care what we think, right? Like we, yeah. we're we like, but you should, right? So like there is, there, there are the should statements that come up, right? And so we're taught that we should care what people think and, and how, you know, and to some degree that that has to be true because if we're living in the world, there like community is important and um, you know, comfort and safety and security. So you, you're not wanting to do harm or at least like as little harm as you can, but, you know, recognizing that a lot of times we're bred to be codependent. Like we are bred to be like pleasing to of other people. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what we see as entrepreneurs, which like, I'm sure you could agree with this too. It's like, we're kind of out here, like floating on our own lifeboat, trying to make it work, you know, and everyone else, I know some of my family looks at me at the beginning stages. They're like, you're crazy. You've lost it. You know, good luck. (laughs) You know, like six years in, it's kind of like everybody starts to get used to it. They're curious, completely different perspective around it, which I respect, you know, I completely understand. It's so un untraditional you know yeah. it's like what yeah. we talk about on this podcast it's like we are living the untraditional lifestyle mm-hmm. but own it you know mm-hmm. like screw it like um, <laughs> you know if I wasn't with Sean like maybe I wouldn't be here you know because I in my world that wasn't normalized mm-hmm. you know it wasn't normal to go do your own thing mm-hmm. so sometimes like my relationships especially in this space. And like, as I've gotten older, they've encouraged me Mm -hmm. to challenge the beliefs, Mm -hmm. you know, that I didn't even know were beliefs. Mm -hmm. And how do you help your clients like pull apart the belief, you know, maybe we're like confused. Is this a belief or is this fact? Mm -hmm. You know, how do you help them discover that? Mm -hmm. There is this song that you just reminded me of, and it'll, I swear it'll make sense once I, like, once I put it together. Um, It's called Cinderella's Dead. There's a line in it that's something along the lines of breaking all the rules because they were only habits. Wow. and, And that, to me, is such a powerful statement. Rules are not, the rules are not actually always the rules. Like sometimes they are just things that we were taught and they've just become habits. And so we're living within these habits that we've decided we have to live in because we've made them rules. And so even if, again, even if they're misaligned, they become our rules. So we feel like we have to fit within them. And so a lot of times with my clients, the work that we're doing is very much centered on autonomy. It's very much centered on choice. Is very much centered around challenging the should statements of the world that have been placed on you, dissecting where they come from, right? And then again, 
going back to making the choice. But then there's accountability involved, right? Because changing a norm, like again, our our who we are, like this world, at least from my perspective, existentially is built around homeostasis, right? The resistance to change, right? And so again, it is an active, like giving yourself grace as you change because you gotta respect the fact that your body and brain don't want to do it um even if you want it and you're choosing it consciously right there are parts of you that will not want to do it (laughs) and so honoring that respecting that and then putting steps into place building community around you that's going to support you to like live an aligned life so that's a lot of the work and then also just like again with the wellness uh, programming, a lot of it is around um, intentionally creating space for yourself to explore yourself, self-awareness, right? Like you can't really engage in alignment or self-care or any of these other things that people are talking about without first doing the self-awareness work, right? Yeah. So that, that shadow work, that inner child work, whatever language you want to use, right? Um but doing that deep dive, that naked Morag stuff, right? That's what we do a lot of. What does authenticity look like, right? I love that you said that. What does it look like for you? Because like what I thought authenticity was, was this just general statement, you Mm -hmm. know, of like people just saying Mm -hmm. things that they believe. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's like so different, you know, Mm -hmm. now I know it's like in action in Mm -hmm. every decision I make, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's, it's also unique when you bring up perfectionism Mm -hmm. and kind of that, like people pleasing that it can grow into or however you want to use that word. But I found that I never even asked myself, like, Mm -hmm. am I actually going to do this because I want to do it? Or am I doing it? Because I feel like I have to, you know, like what, where is it coming from? I hear you, girl. I got a story for you. This was me. I think this was two years. Yeah, this was two years ago because this was when um, my grandmother passed away and it shook up my world, let me tell you. And again, like these existential crises that we, go through in the in these stages um but that grief that loss really sent me into a lot of just existential questioning and like thinking about my own you know um mortality and of course right all that comes up when you go through grief and loss that's close to you um and so uh you know I was like really going through it like depressed really just like like broken up because a lot of I think my a lot of my life and world view were centered around this need to be needed like this codependency and then I was like wait I'm gonna die one day what do I need from me so anyway I'm like depressed and all this and that so I'm like um I don't know what I'm doing I'm talking to my husband I'm like I'm breaking down like a snot nose like wet face breakdown and he's like like okay okay so what is it that you want I was like what kind of question is that like you know what I want I want to help people like what I've wanted has always been the same like I want to be like a change agent in this world like I want to help people that is what I want and he said well 
maybe that's not it anymore. And he he almost broke my brain. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Because <laughs> it, it almost felt blasphemous, right? Like how how could how could I like how could that not be my primary focus? If I could see myself as a good person, quote unquote, right? How is my yeah. primary focus not? like giving to others, right? And so anyway, because that was a narrative that was given to me, that was an expectation that had been placed on me. And so I really like journaled about it when he asked me. I was really pissed at him, I'm not gonna lie, when he first asked me because I didn't fully understand. But as I did my journaling and like went to therapy and all this, I was like, you know what? I still do want to help people. Like that's still a huge thing for me. It's a value. It's a value. But it doesn't, it's not like the all, like the all of it. I was like, I want to build a boss bitch empire. <laughs> and I and I didn't quite know what that meant at that juncture. And and then, you know, as life grows and you expand and you experience and you continue to question and you continue to explore and whatever, it keeps changing. Right. And so at this point, yeah, I still want to build a boss bitch empire, but at this point, I think my want, like my existential want is to live for a living. Like period. I want to live for a living. (laughs) And so what that means for me is that I cannot commit to 40, 50 hours of working a week. That's I can't, that's not me living for a living. That's me working for a living. Right. And so a lot of that work really honestly helped me to detach my full and like whole identity from the work as a clinician so like I hope that was that was a lot I hope that wasn't too uh, lengthy but uh yeah that's what it looks like for me is continual self-examination it is respecting the fact that my brain will change it is recognize recognizing that each version of myself has been and will be valid (laughs) um and that I will continue to grow and surprise myself and I'm open to that now whereas before I was scared of the me that I could become like I really was like I was scared I I really was and and not just scared of the naked mole rat but scared of the the fullness of what that Morat could become, right? Yeah. Like, really, to that. Mm-hmm. So, that's what thank it's been for so me. Much. Yeah, thank you so much for being so vulnerable and sharing <laughs> your story with us. Like, I resonate with that so much. The listeners know I lost my dad when I was fifteen, and when it was very similar to your experience, it was kind of like, what am I doing here? Like, what am I actually exactly the question? Yep. You know, and like when you lose somebody that you've seen struggle and you've seen maybe even live a life that they didn't feel fully fulfilled in, you know, that was the other epiphany. It was like, he's, you know, diagnosed with cancer and he's having all of the self-awareness, you know, it's like so unique. Yeah. And you start to see them shifting yeah. and then they're reflecting on their lives. And mm-hmm. it makes you like, especially from a child's standpoint or younger standpoint, mm-hmm. really like it changed the trajectory of yeah. my life. Yeah. You know? I get you. I get yeah. you. 
And for the best way possible. I hear you. I hear you. And it doesn't feel like that at first, (laughs) right? It really doesn't feel like that at first. Um, But I would definitely agree with you that like, there are some changes that just, that I don't believe could have, could have been as power, powerfully active without that experience. And we brought her in for uh, in-home hospice and um, it really just was such an eye-opening perspective giving experience. Like, I know we're not going to, like grief is not the topic of the day, but this this um, feels fruitful. But um, I did a journal with, uh, I called it Nana's Gifts. That's, my, that's what I called my grandmother. And um, one of the gifts that she gave me, it's going to sound so simple, but I'm telling you, it's opened my world up. One of the things she used to say to me, and I didn't understand it at first, it felt like minimization when she would say it. it she used to say, girl, please. Like if I would get anxious or if I would be like overthinking something or I would feel really overwhelmed or I would be like really, you know, high strung or like codependent or whatever the thing is that I was stuck in perfectionism and positive, whatever the thing is, if I would bring it to her again, I I, I didn't always feel heard, um, yeah. but, but after when I really look back at it, the message that I get from that now after experience that experience is like life you are like a grain of sand yeah that's it that's it right there and it's not to devalue your existence but it is for you to recognize the waste in time spent thinking that the grain of sand is a planet. Yeah, I love that. That's time waste. It's a grain of sand, right? Like, it's okay. (laughs) Calm down. (laughs) Totally. Like taking away that fear. Yeah, honestly, taking away the fear, taking away the parts of me that just were so focused externally on fitting yeah right like when it really is not that deep <laughs> in reality right that. so what if so if only 13 people like a post on instagram so what if somebody puts a comment on a, on your tiktok uh video like hating on you so what actually girl, please. So that's what I say to myself. I'm like, girl, please, whatever. <laughs> and then I keep it moving because like, I don't have time for be spending all my energy on that. Totally. Mm-hmm. I love that. Cause it's like the perfect perspective that she gave you, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, like my dad used to say this, which it's like very falls in line with like my family story, but he would be like, just don't panic. Like, cause it was every little thing, like my family, you know, panicked, like, it's like, ah, we're anxiety ridden, you know, like, and my dad's like, don't panic. Like everything's good. Chill out, you know, like very similar. It does. It shows you like, really, does any of this matter? Like we're only here for a certain amount of time. How much energy are we going to waste on this thing that has no value to us? 
you mm-hmm. know. Truly. Yeah. So it's it's made me picky. Right? It's made me picky with my energy. It's made me picky with my time. I I am not, I'm no longer wrapped up in this like narrative that I was carrying in my codependency that I owed people me, like that I owed people. Yeah. Period. Like anything. I don't, you know what I mean? I can choose love, right? I choose to be a conduit of love and light. I do not owe like a smile to this person. I can give it because I choose it because that's a value of mine, but it is not, it's not like, oh, you don't do that. And you're like, not a good person, right? Like I'm not living within that narrative anymore. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I, I, I honestly feel the same way, but this is like very recent for me. Um, cause I was so young when it all happened, it was like really existential crisis, like for many years there, you know, just trying to figure out like my footing mm-hmm. and where I belonged. Cause I'm also an only child. So it was like, mm-hmm. I really was like in this thick of it, like myself, you know, <laughs> It was beautiful. Like, I think that you described it perfectly. It it also made me picky. When I got into my first job, I was like looking around at everybody. I'm like, dude, we only have so much time here. Like, what are we doing in this office? This doesn't make any sense to me. You know, like it just certain things logically just weren't adding up anymore. You know? Yep. Your perspective changes when you can release yourself from some of those things. I call myself a recovering perfectionist a recovering codependent mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I feel like I am too because it, it is like a constant how you said it's yeah. a choice yeah, you know we have to choose that yeah and a lot of our listeners are also high like they identify as highly sensitives uh, as I do myself so it's very similar to that and with the imposter syndrome like what's funny mm-hmm. about how this conversation went today is I found a lot of like my grief and ignoring my grief was what mm-hmm. built a lot of these beliefs I for me. You know, Ooh, that's yeah. such a realization. I think I could say that for myself too. Not this recent time because I was um, older when I lost my grandmother, but some of the traumas that I experienced as a child, I, 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 that resonates now that you, I never even thought about it like that. But when you say that like that, it absolutely was my. The, the suppression of, of my, the survival mechanism that, that I was using, the dissociation, right? The fawning and people pleasing, all of that was a response like, to my trauma. It was a survival response to my trauma. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And it's, it's kind of like, again, it was a little scary, you know, like for the listeners that may be even having this awareness, like, please reach out to Danielle or I on social media. Uh, if you need support, like we're here for you. Yeah. Um, yeah Cause this is scary. Like yeah. figuring this out and seeing like that I ignored my yeah. grief as a child, you yeah. know, cause prior to losing my father, I also lost my grandmother. So it was a lot of death, like within yeah. that year, Yeah, you know, a lot of it was like, I have to go to school. Like I yeah. can't, you know, not go to school. Like my mom will go to jail then. Like there was all of this pressure to continue to function as a human, you know, when your whole yep. life is like blown yeah. up. 
case, it's not really right. You know, it's not okay to do to people. Yeah. And I think, excuse me, that's a, that's a false narrative too, right? That to be human means to be functional. Like that's not true. I am not functional all the time. Sometimes I am quite dysfunctional in my relationships, in my brain, right? Like, so like, to be human does not always mean to be functional, <laughs> right? Um, and so that's just like another one of those, from my perspective, unrealistic beliefs. Like sometimes you are going to be dysregulated. Yeah. And I mean, and that's that. <laughs> and then right. you'll do what you need to, <laughs> or you won't. <laughs> um, but yeah. something will get done and time will move and, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. You said it. It's like, you don't have to over on it because as the perfectionism like I can overanalyze it for you know sure. which I did for like years and for like sure. that made things worse you know being in the field <laughs> also like escalates that right like it really does because that's what we're doing all day is analyzing and assessing and so that's how our, our brains become used to operating in that way so who yeah so it's just a lot <laughs> It is a lot. Like being a human, even just being having a, a human. Yes. You know, it's like, of course we're dysfunctional. Of course we're having these bouts of moments. Like there's days, I said this on the podcast a few days ago. Uh, I was like, you know, before this podcast episode recording, like I was napping, you know, I was like, I needed a nap and everybody DM'd me. They're like, oh my gosh, you're napping midday. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I should say this more often. Like that's my norm, you know, like I'm like, I have to rest. I, like, I am a lady. You. Come on. You know? yes. And it helps me too. Like it helps me calm down yes. if I can't sleep that night. Like it's not a pressure thing. And, you know, like whatever stage you're at in your healing, you may have to adjust and adapt yes. for yourself, yeah. you yeah. know, which I resisted for a long time. So, mm-hmm. and I think that that's the perfectionism, you know, for sure, for sure. I had a friend say to me um, one time, again, I feel like I, I've had, and I feel very grateful and blessed that I like can remember these things and hold on to them because they really are very helpful for me. But um, I had a friend say to me one time, like, you can only be where you are. You can only be where you are. And, and when he said that, it made me realize that I have always lived my life trying to be the me of five years from now or one year from now, or 10 years from now, I, I would, like, I, like, in any given moment, uh, up until, like, recently, as I'm, like, doing the, specifically the hashtag codependent no more work, um, I have been, like, living my life expecting the present me to be the future me. What wow. is that? That's, I'm not there yet. I can't expect that from me, and honestly, it is a, a, um, a level of like self-neglect and disrespect from my perspective to do that like because it completely ignores the the beauty in who I am right now yeah it dishonors that yeah and so wow. that's what I've been trying to live in like the who of of me right now Right. And that doesn't mean that I don't continue to do the work to to get to the who of I want to be in the future. But I don't expect that version of me now. 
I don't expect her right now. I can't wait to meet her. Hello. But uh, I still like have to actively practice being present and grateful for the me of today. Wow. I I resonate with that so much. I don't even think I realized that until you just said it because I feel like I do that as well. It's like whether it comes to income, like yours, you know. I feel like that's the biggest one for me. I'm like, I should be there. I Why am I not there? You know? yes, yes. And then it is, it ends it in the spiral. And how you said it is yes. self-neglect. And yes. it's not that thing yes. where we are, how far we've come to even get yep. to this point. Yep. Like, even just hearing Danielle and I talk today, it's like this in itself is an overcome, you know, that I'm we're standing you. here today. I'm telling like, you, yeah. I know. There's celebration in the nail. Oh, that's so beautiful. Thank you so much. I really enjoyed this today. Is there anything else that you want to leave us with? I feel like we perfectly touched on imposter syndrome indirectly, but also directly, you know? (laughs) Yeah, this was very helpful for me. Like, I love having these types of conversations, right? Because then I come to realizations from internally and I'm learning things from you. Like you said some things throughout this conversation. I was like, wait a minute. You're real mm-hmm. loud there, Caitlin, because that that really hit <laughs> that, that really resonates. So like I, I really do appreciate you um having me on and I just love being able to connect like this. Um in terms of you know where people can find me and <laughs> excuse me, the things that I'm doing, um, we have our Instagram page that's branches.of.life.llc. I have a YouTube channel uh, where I really am engaging in representing being a human therapist, like an authentic version of yourself and being a therapist. And that that is like a whole thing. And that's actually probably a better thing than being the masked up version that they you know, taught us to be, but anyhow, that's a whole other spiel, but uh, that uh, YouTube channel is uh, be, uh, the human behind the therapist. Um, we also have TikTok and Facebook and all those things, um, and all of it is branches of life um, or some variation of branches of life therapy, um, and then uh, a new thing that we just dropped that I'm super stinking excited about, okay, um, is pretty much like a gym membership for self-care. Um, and so uh, basically it's a subscription. Uh, and if you subscribe, you uh, get full access to all of our self-care events each month, right? So it's a monthly subscription. Um, we have crafting classes. We have movement therapy classes where um, you get connected to your mind, body, um, you know, cohesion uh, and heal through, you know, different things and trauma, work on body image stuff. Uh, we also have like vision board groups and uh, like writing and journaling groups. Uh, we have somebody coming in next month to teach us how to do body scrubs. We have the paint and sips. Like, so it's really just a vast um array of different things we also have like workshops where we do like what does self-awareness look like right what is identity right where we unpack uh, a concept um and then we'll be launching a book club in within that program so the only way that you'll get access to the book club is if you subscribe um we'll be dropping that in october where each month we'll be reading a self-care book Um, And we'll be coming together each month to process, talk about what we gained from it, um, talk about how we can apply it. 
uh, so on and so forth, right? Uh, and again, you can find all of that uh, at Branches of Life. Perfect. Yes. And we'll have all the links below for you multitaskers, drivers <laughs> listening. So you can connect with Danielle that way. And of course, always send me a DM and I'm happy to connect you both um, as well. Thank you so much again. I got so Thank much you. out of this today. I'm so grateful for you. I'm Honestly, I feel like we'll have to do a part two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Absolutely. Awesome. Thanks so much. Well, I'll all see right. you soon. Okay. See you soon. Bye bye. Thank you so much for listening to the end in mind. I would like to remind you all, if you haven't yet reached out to me on Instagram, we are at Meraki underscore media underscore management. It will be in our show notes as well. If you would like to reach out to me, we always offer free coaching through Instagram based around our Instagram training and our business Instagram practices. If you need any type of support, please do not hesitate to reach out to me there. And we also offer several different types of consulting and training packages if you're looking for a little bit more in-depth tips. So thank you all for listening in. And of course, I want you all to keep the end in mind as you continue with your day and or work week. Have a great week and I will see you all next time.